Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. The road to Roland Garros is paved in Spanish clay this week as we are less than a month away from reaching the Terre Battue of Paris. Rafa called it a disaster. How Sasha Zverev dismantled the Spaniard for the first time on dirt while Dominic Team came up aces against John Isner. Plus, our Hall of Famers Jim and Andy give a mid-year review on how the American men are stacking up. After meeting less than two weeks ago in the Stuttgart final, it's deja vu all over again for Ash Barty and Arena Sabalenka as they prep for another championship showdown. So what's trending and who's posting? We're checking the hashtags and handles from all the tennis platforms. We'll iron out all the details on TC Live right now. Another day of wizardry wraps up at La Caja Magica, the magic box in Madrid. Welcome to TC Live. It's our half-hour post-game show to get you caught up on all the big news around the tennis world. Plenty of highlights and interviews on the way. Plus, we will break down tomorrow's women's final. Will it be Barty or Sabalenka? And history for American men's tennis in a bad way. We'll tell you why. Welcome into the big studio in Santa Monica, Steve Weissman. And the Hall of Famers, Jim Courier, Andy Roddick. Great to see both of you. Christian Guerin up a set and 3-1. Andy, what happened? 11 straight for Berrettini. Nothing good after that. Uh, you know, he, I, I was listening to Jim during the telecast, and, uh, you know, Jim actually knows what he's talking about, believe it or not. Kareen started pressing. It feels like when he got tight, he, he kind of hit the gas a little bit more. His movement is so great. He can run down so many balls. You don't know why he wouldn't use that more effectively as opposed to being on the full run, trying to pull off shot. He's not one of the guys that steps forth and drives the ball easily, you know, a la Djokovic, Andre Agassi kind of penetrates through the court. So I'm not sure why he would kind of flip the script on, uh, on strategy mid-match. I, it, it has to be nerves, Jim. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the moment, wasn't it? I mean, it, just trying to do something he'd never done before, and that's hard for any tennis player. I lived it. Andy, you lived it. It's just not easy to make, make that breakthrough. And he just fell into a trap that he couldn't get out of. It, it overwhelmed him. He tried to overplay instead of relying on what got him into the lead, and he couldn't claw it back. It's going to be a tough night for him and for his coach, Franco Devine, when they have that tough discussion I don't know, but it has to happen at some point. All right, speaking of a breakthrough, it is never easy to beat Rafa on clay, something Sasha Zverev had never done. 0-3 oh, coming into today. The Spaniard would go up early, Andy. Yeah, it looked like he was moving around. I mean, he's, he, Rafa's actually looked great before this match uh, in Madrid this week, kind of has him on a, on a string. The guys are constantly moving, can't sit up and hit their shots. And then something you don't see real often from Rafa is when he starts out of the gate fast, he's one of the best front runners in tennis history. And I don't know what it was, and that's why we play the game, because it's the, the unknown sometimes, right? You have to go out and execute no matter who you are. Ball's landing short. Zverev, time after time, inside the court, kind of coming in, 
by the way, Rafa makes that backhand pass cross court all day, every day. And for some reason, he was just a little off with kind of his bread and butter shots uh, today. And, you know, ball's landing a little bit short. Zverev inside the court. Maybe it's that Rafa's ball doesn't get up quite as high on Sasha. That's a good thing. But beating him lines, which you have to do with your Rafa, it's a lot easier to beat him blind. This is startling. Look at where that return lands on a big point. 30 all. The crowd is getting a little jittery. Obviously, Zverev has some problems with his second serve. And here it is again. Look at where this return lands inside the court. It's a lot easier to attack Rafa from three and four steps inside the court. He was tight on those second serves. I mean, look at this. This is a layup. Again, able to get inside of the court. I felt like I was seeing the same thing over and over. And credit to Zverev, he took what Rafa gave him, but I've never seen Rafa back way up and get less on shots than he was today, especially with the altitude in Madrid. That would give your ball a little bit of a lift. Tells me for some reason he was a little off, a little tight, but credit where credit's due, not a lot of people beat Rafa on clay, and, and Zverev did, did what he had to do today. Yeah, as Varev said, it's one of the biggest wins of his career. Toughest thing to do in our sport is beat Rafa on clay. The first serve was huge for Sasha, won 82% of those points. And the winners, nearly five times that of Nadal. Rafa explains what happened. Sasha played his game. He's a, a top player, so uh, you can't expect another thing against a player like him. So no, no, no surprise at all about his level. In the 4-2, serving 4-5-2, <clears throat> I did a disaster. And then uh, another back game with my serve with 30 love. And then, of course, uh, playing against one of the best players of the world. Mm. You made him look uncomfortable out there. You were really stepping up into the court. Uh, what was your game plan going in? Well, I mean, I tried to play extremely deep. Yeah. That was the first thing that I was trying to do. I tried to not give him any short balls. And uh, the moment that I had the chance, I was going for it. Um, I was taking the ball on the rise most of the time with my forehand and back. And uh, I really felt like... I won the match today myself in a way, which is a very nice feeling. You know, you can sometimes win matches by opponents missing, but I feel like, you know, I hit the, I hit the right shots. I hit the right winners at the right time. So Zverev says he thinks he won the match, certainly played extremely well. Rafa called that one moment at 4-2 a disaster, Jim. He's now lost before the semifinals two of the last three events. What's your level of concern with Nadal heading into Rome, Roland Garros? Non-existent as long as he's healthy. I mean, he's, he's the guy to beat. When you get the best of five on clay, two people have beaten him historically. I think he's still definitely in good shape coming in. Don't panic if you're an, a Nadal fan, but get excited if you're a Zverev fan. Because think about this. Zverev, most of the time, he's playing matches where he's the favorite. He was not the favorite today, and he used that freedom magnificently his forehand oftentimes is very conservative today he unleashed the inner beast of his forehand he was scattering it all over the court and he was pumping it into the backhand corner of Nadal and then finishing it to the forehand those red dots those are where the winners occurred most of them going into the forehand side but it was a two-shot combo he would pump the inside into the backhand and then pump the inside out to the forehand. It was super impressive. High level, high rip, high rev tennis, and that's what it was from, uh, from Zverev here. He went out and he got an Adal who wasn't his normal self and took full advantage of it. He certainly did. 40th career ATP semifinal now for Sasha Zverev. By age 24, Jim did it by 23. Andy, you did it by 22. But what impressed you the most about Sasha Zverev today? Just how intentional he was uh, with his game plan. He knew he wasn't going to be able to hang six, seven feet back behind the baseline and rally and extend rallies. You know, that, that was never going to work. So, you know, he, he said it. As soon as I got two feet inside the court, 
I was I was intentional. I was trying to hit through the court. He came in off of those balls a lot. Some of them, you know, maybe they weren't the best balls to come in. But Rafa knew that if he left the ball short, Sasha was going to come. It created a little bit of a pressure set for for Rafa, which we saw with some of those second serve returns and leaving the ball short a little bit. Uh, he created a little bit of block in Rafa's mind today. And, and credit to him, he served well. His, his serve held up well. Uh, in the pressure moments. We didn't get those games where you throw in two doubles. Uh, so I think this is a big step for Sasha. So who will Zverev face in the semifinals tomorrow? American John Isner in action against Dominic Team. Isner said these are perfect serving conditions. If my shoulder's healthy, I'm going to be a tough out. Look that way early, Jim. Yeah, and here's the, the early break for Isner, and he would ride this all the way to a first set victory. So he here's triple set point, and he would have early break chances in the second set. And he wouldn't get him. And that this is where the match turns. Here's break point for Isner. He's in this rally. He's going to get a forehand pass that's makeable. And he just doesn't land it. That was, There was space there up the line. He couldn't get it. And just like that, he serves and volleys on the second serve at love 30 the next game. And it's over. Uh, from there, team just runs the table on him. And Isner talked about how his legs were heavy. He was tired. He pulled out of Rome. He withdrew from that tournament prior to this match that happened yesterday so he's coming home to get rested and ready for the next couple of majors that are coming in a hurry Roland Garros and Wimbledon he'll play a fuller schedule in the U.S. summer but Dominic team was tough today when he needed to be so he is reinvigorated after his little hiatus and he's going to have a rematch of the final here from 2018 against a pretty friendly foe so the whole momentum of the match changed when he saved those four break points in the second set Here's what he said to Prakash Worldwide after. I was surprised actually how he was returning because he was attacking both my first and my second serve. And uh, that's how he broke me in my opening service game. And well, to be break down against him, it's it's like you lost a set already. So I started basically with, with a set down. And uh, yeah, then I think the key point was when I saved those three break points in the in the second set. And then the match went a little bit more in, in my direction. All right, Kasper looking to make his third straight Masters semifinal on clay, taking on Alexander Bublik for the second time, Andy. Yeah, and he's just not making mistakes. You see that return, you know, serving volley, who's forced the issue, gets the ball down to his feet, makes the pass. I'm getting kind of shades of David Ferrer with Casper Ruud uh, on the clay right now. Nothing that makes you go, oh my gosh, no amazing shots. But he's there every single time, moving the ball in and out of the court, executing shots, getting inside the court, returning well. And Bublik just got more aggressive, but Ruud was on it. You know, uh, he, he knew what was coming. Bublik wasn't going to stay back and rally too much. Uh, you know, was only going to get back by being overly aggressive. Ruud stayed solid. He's just extending the court. He's hitting a lot of these winners where he's not going for a lot, but he's still, you know, beating the person by three or four feet. And his composure after winning these matches is like Emmett Smith just handing the ball, uh, handing the ball to the referee. I've been here before, you know. Uh, you know, his third semi in the Master Series on clay uh, looks really good. I, I actually like him uh, against Berrettini. We'll see if Berrettini can get around and hit those big forehands, but I want to see that matchup. Yeah, good stuff from Casper Ruud, Matteo Berrettini. You see Zverev and team rematch of the U.S. Open final from last year. Casper Ruud, Matteo Berrettini, these guys making their debuts in Madrid. Yeah. And they have a shot at making a final. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's no real mystery either. Both these guys, very good players. Not much of a surprise, especially when you have Medvedev down at the bottom, no Djokovic. So there's a little bit of a gap in that draw compared to the top half, which has been thick. But listen, someone's coming through it. These guys have been playing great. Casper Ruud, is it the bandana, Andy? Is that what makes you think it's David Ferrer, or is it the game as well? 
No, it's the fact that he moves the ball around and never misses and is extremely annoying for annoying. his opponents. And <laughs> he's he's, annoying. Like, a, he's okay. like a dog with he's like a dog with a bone. He doesn't let go. That's more the Ferrer thing. The, the nice guys who are annoying to Andy. That's <laughs> that's the correlation. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, oh, by or, the way, I love David Ferrer. Love David Ferrer. But both rude on the court, right? Yeah, uh, indeed. Andy, you were telling me earlier, you think team, his story is being overlooked. Tell us more. Yeah, completely overlooked. I mean, if you look at the last five years, there's a there's a really easy argument to be made that Dominic Team is the, the second best clay quarter in the world. And oh, by the way, won the U.S. Open last fall, you know, kind of took some time away, was very honest. That, like, listen, maybe I'm a little burnout. Maybe I'm pressing too hard. Maybe I need to do some other things. But when you do that, when you take that hiatus because of something mental, maybe rest physically, but mostly mental, when you come back, if you don't play well that first week, let's say he takes an early loss here, going to Rome, presses a little before Roland Garros, now he's gotten back. He's had some clean matches. He's marched through to the semis. He's got a look at, uh, at Zverev now. But if he doesn't actually play some good matches this week, there can be a hangover for that layoff. A big, big deal that team was able to make it through to at least the semis. And he's going to have a look at a title on the weekend. He certainly will, and he leads the head-to-head -head against Sasha Zverev 8-2. It's actually a rematch of the final in Madrid three years ago that Zverev took the title. We will head back to Madrid, check in with Danny and Prakash later on TC Live. Plus, our former world number ones, Courier and Roddick, evaluate the status of American men thus far in 2021. You're watching TC Live. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jim, Andy, Steve, back on TC Live. Our coverage of Roland Garros starts May 30th for the 15th year. Tennis Channel presenting exclusive coverage of Roland Garros. You got to get TC Plus as well. More than 330 hours of coverage all 15 days, plus first year of the night session on Philippe Chatrier. Looking forward to getting back to Paris. Well, with this loss earlier today by John Isner, next Monday, for the first time in the history of the ATP rankings, there will be no American men ranked in the top 30 of the world. Let me repeat, the country with more number ones than any other since 1973 will now have no men in the top 30. Here are the records for the top American men thus far this year. Taylor Fritz, 11 and 8, currently at 30, but he'll be ranked below that come Monday. Andy, Jim, two of the six American men to reach that number one ranking in the world. I'll start with you, Andy. What is your reaction to all of that? Uh, you know, I hate, I hate doing these segments, frankly. Um, you know, I, I respect the process. Doesn't mean these guys aren't working hard. Doesn't mean they're not, you know, doing some of the right things. But you just hate to see it. The trend, unfortunately, is, is, is hard to argue. Um, you know, we, we start getting these, these, uh, these statistics where it's no top 10 men, then no top 20, then no top 30. Uh, it, it, it is unfortunate. And, you know, uh, take, for example, I, I've been high on Riley Opelka for a couple of years, but, you know, winning a tour event a couple of years ago, if you projected forward two years and said you're going to start, uh, you're going to actually go backwards uh, in two years, uh, everyone has said that that would be horrible if that happened. But 
but here we are. So you'd like to see something right the ship. I'm curious to see, uh, uh, to hear Jim's thoughts. Um, obviously, he's kind of seeing these guys week in and week out. I'm curious to hear his thoughts, what, what the fix might be. Yeah, look, it's obviously disappointing for everyone involved, especially those players. They want to be ranked higher. And the question is, when you just have to start looking individually at these players, are they doing the right things? Are they making the right kind of progress? And are they getting the most out of their games? Because no one, it, just because you're an American, you don't deserve to be ranked high. You have to earn it like everyone else. The tennis ball doesn't care what flag you play for. You can see now, you look at the percentages on, on the year. Sebastian Corda, that is a serious bright light. The youngster has, has had a breakout year or so since he qualified and made the fourth round of Roland Garros last fall. And in the semis of Miami this year, he's been terrific. Taylor Fritz, I think, has made really good progress as well. Tommy Paul, I like his direction. I think Francis Tiafo had a dip in a while. I think he and Wayne Ferreira are doing good work. So, I mean, I think you have to silo it and look at these players in some ways, but there's no denying that the macro is disappointing for all of us that care about American tennis. We don't want to see this. The players don't want to see this. But the question is, are they doing the best with what they've got? And I think a lot of the answer for, for a lot of these guys is, yes, they are. And just be patient. You know, as much as it's painful to be patient, I think we have to be. We don't have a choice, do we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was about to say, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think we have much of a choice. No. We just have to hope and... You know, like Jim said, you hope there's lighting in the bottle. But also, I'd like to see his guys create that healthy jealousy like Jim's generation had. You know, I'd like to see one go, you know what, I want to be the alpha. And it seems like there's no one who really wants to kind of take the reins and be like, I want that pressure. I want that spotlight. I want that. You know, you hear too many things where, oh, I'm just going to the match. I have no pressure on me. It's like, no, you should want that pressure. That's a good thing. That's what you need kind of to advance. So, you know, I hope uh, they go home after a tough, tough loss and it's hard to sleep. I hope that they care that much. And, uh, you know, if they do, I think those results will come. Listen, it's been a while since American men were successful on the red clay. I mean, you were very successful on the red clay. Let's spin it forward. Grass, hardcore. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of positivity can we see potentially that, you know, what we showed was the first sure. quarter of the season, but sure. for the rest of the season? No, don't write off the red clay either. I mean, there's still opportunity. You still have a, a major coming up. Hopefully we can have another Sebastian Corda in the, the round of 16 and maybe even further. But, you know, obviously we're more comfortable as American tennis players in general on the faster surfaces, including the grass. I'd love to see Riley Opelka kind of get in the right place, be, be physically healthy because he's had some issues there. And he, no one wants to play him. He could make the semis of Wimbledon if he, if he serves well, just because you cannot break a seven-footer with a serve like that. So I, I think it's, again, it, it's too soon to panic in my mind, but I understand the narrative, and I don't like it any more than Andy does, or you do for that matter. Yeah, and another thing, like, as you're heading into the grass, I, I wasn't Jim, right? I, I wasn't – I had a ceiling uh, that was very, very visible, unfortunately, uh, on clay. I, I wanted to go there. I came to compete. It didn't always work out. But, you know, during Rome, during Madrid, if I did take a first or second round loss, I was doing the work physically because I knew the grass was coming up at a certain point. There was no chance that I was going to kind of play a match – not maximize the next four or five days if I had it before the next event, not only for the event in Rome or the French Open, but for what came afterward. I, there was no chance I was going to get to the grass without my legs under me, without being physically strong, and without being mentally ready to go. February 1st, 2004, the last week an American man was ranked number one in the world. That guy over there, Andy Roddick, to be continued. We'll see if somebody can crack back into the top 30 at least. When we come back, we'll break down the women's final meeting for the third time in five weeks. 
Can Arena Sabalenka crack the code against Ash Barty? Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Curry Erotic Weissman back on TC Live. It was less than two weeks ago that Ash Barty played Arena Sabalenka for the title in Stuttgart. She lifted her third trophy of the season, got the keys to a brand new car. Well, this rivalry has been heating up 4-3 head-to-head, but tomorrow's final will be their third meeting in five weeks. Sabalenka's last win came two years ago, and she is looking for some revenge. So, Andy, how does Arena Sabalenka beat Ash Barty after losing to her twice already this year? Well, one of the stress points should be, how the heck are you going to get that car to Australia? I mean, the shipping costs alone on that would be ridiculous. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. You know, if you're Ash Barty, you just got to keep her on the move, right? You don't want her to set up because power to power, her knockout punch is, is just bigger than Ash Barty's. Like, like a lot of players on tour, but Ash Barty is as good as it gets on the women's side of putting people in positions to make an awkward decision, right? She's going to get that ball down to Sabalenka, and where Sabalenka's been powering through people, maybe one or two cross court, and then looking line right away, is she going to be able to do that from a lower hitting position? Is it a higher risk shot when it's down below your knees? So it's going to be interesting. And what uh, adjustments is Sabalenka going to make? Is she going to kind of maybe play a little bit more conservative, which for her just means hitting it as hard as she can just to the bigger part of the court (laughs) as opposed to going line early? So, you know, I think we know what Sabalenka is going to do. It's just going to be a matter of when she pulls the trigger, and Ash Barty is going to try to make that as confusing a decision as possible. Barty has a sneaky power game as well. I mean, she can mix it up, but that forehand, and she has some of the most aces on the WTA this year. When it comes to Ash Barty, Jim, listen, she made the decision – because of the restrictions in Australia, she's leaving the country. She's not going to come back for right. about seven months. How tough is that decision? What was the longest you were away okay. from home? All right, so let's, let's start with the big picture. So I think she's found a house somewhere in Spain or Portugal, something like that, from what I gather, where, where she'll have her home base. So, Andy, maybe she can take that awesome Porsche and ship it there for, for the time being and avoid the shipping costs and, and enjoy it for, for a little while. And by the way, she'll need it on the opposite side, too. Different steering wheel for us. Mm, that's right. Very complicated. <laughs> but, but the punchline is she made the big commitment, and she's barely lost a match since she's done it. It's not going to be easy. She'll get homesick, all of that. But she's a professional. She's put her head down, and she's doing it. The longest I ever stayed on the road was early in my career. I stayed in Europe for 15 consecutive weeks from the start of early in the clay court season through the grass court season and then back onto the clay in places like Stad and Stuttgart. And I was absolutely frazzled by the end. I was supposed to play one more tournament, and I pulled the ripcord and came home. It, it, and we didn't have the Internet. We, we didn't have FaceTime. So, I mean, we were really alone over there. And it was hard to read USA Yesterday and get the news 48 hours later. It was brutal. Um, it's a lot different. It's easier, but you still don't get that touch that you're missing with your family and friends. It'll be hard for her as the year goes on. I'm really curious to see how she does post-U.S. Open and what that looks like if she decides to keep going or if she's just finally had enough. 
Um, but full, full respect for her for doing it. It's not easy. Yeah, I mean, 15 weeks, that's nearly four months away, Andy. Good math. <laughs> How about you? I mean, what, what's the longest you were away? And, and what is that in terms of not only physical, but the mental fatigue of being on the road so long? Yeah, I, I don't think I was anywhere near Jim just because I always wanted to find a hard court somewhere in between. You know, he was happy sticking over there and, and getting back on the dirt. And, you know, we talk about ripcord. There was about less than zero chance I was going to stick around and play on dirt <laughs> after Wimbledon. So I was I was home pretty quick after that looking for looking for an Indianapolis or a Cincinnati or a Washington or something like that for uh, for some healing. But um, it, it is tough. But in a way, you know, listen, they're, they're, her intentions have to be so clear right now, right? Like, I'm here, I'm going to play tennis. I've had 15 months of, uh, of kind of my time, uh, you know, judging back to like the, the post-US Open 2019, uh, maybe played some events, obviously one year of Masters, but she had a lot of time to reflect. So she does have some gas in the tank. She's probably a more expendable fuel waiting a year uh, than Jim had when he was kind of just pumping through early in his career. But uh, we'll see. You know what fixes the time away from home and the homesickness? Is, is winning. There's less time in the hotel room. You, you, you know, you're collecting checks and winning trophies. That makes it a lot easier. And since leaving, she has won two trophies and looking for a third tomorrow. Let's take a look at our lineup. Championship Saturday for the women. Semifinal Saturday for the fellas. It all starts 7.30 a.m. Eastern. Back to wrap up TC Live after this. Back on TC Live, take a look at our lineup tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern. We got the two men's semifinals and the ladies' final for a preview of Ash Barty and Arena Sabalenka. Let's head back to Madrid with Danny and Prakash. All right, Steve, back here at the DraftKings desk. Prakash, it's championship Saturday for the women. Yes. A very exciting day. Sabalenka or Barty, who's taking home the trophy? Uh, it's going to be a tight one. Barty Party or the girl with the tiger tattoo. I would, I would love to see Sabalenka win this because she hasn't taken out Barty in a monumental match at a tournament of this caliber. But I think it's going to come down to Barty's variety versus Sabalenka's power and mental strength. If she cannot get frustrated out there, keep the errors low, I think she's got a shot. It's going to be a great match and a great day of tennis here, Steve. All right, thanks so much. Since the start of 2019, Ash Barty has won the most titles on the WTA. Eight followed closely... One behind is Arena Sabalenka. Here is a nugget I told you earlier today, Jim. Sasha Zverev joining just a couple of guys, Andy Murray and Dominic Team, as the only players to beat Rafa on clay, Roger Federer on grass, and Novak Djokovic on a hard court. That is hard to do to pull off that hat that, trick. That is elite, elite. That's pretty amazing stuff, and he did it the hard way. You know, I mean, he took out the Nadal not only just in clay, but in Spain, mm. that is that's super impressive. And I, I just I got to hat tip him and I got to hat tip Andy Roddick for putting up with another segment of Weiss Mania. I don't know how you do it, Andy. There's so much energy flying around. <laughs> you feel it in Charlotte. Are you are you OK? Are you like relaxed or are you just it's, too charged up? It, it's intimidating, but you try to put the uh, the awe of the moment with Weiss Mania on the side and just be a professional right now. It's like facing Courier on the clay or Roddick's big serve. I mean, what are you going to do? All you're going to do is win, 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 just like Ash Barty. (laughs) 16 straight wins on the red dirt. One more, and she gets her fourth trophy of the season. Championship Saturday for the ladies. For Jim and Andy, I'm Steve. Thanks so much for joining us once again on TC Live. Weissmania, running wild.